0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minutes hosts talk about one minute of the greatest reunion movie ever, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie Die Hard. I am Jonathan Carlyle of the Princess Bride Minute.
1: I am David Johnson of the Movies I Masticate to you Minute.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> that one, that <laughs> Can one... I drop that one
1: yet? <laughs>
0: that one has not been said out loud yet, and it was weird to hear it. <laughs> That's
1: a... Uh forthcoming uh podcast yes a little little teaser as they say industry lingo
0: i don't know if we're going to give that one its own url because uh, there could be some people could get in trouble misspelling that one
1: yeah i suppose so
0: uh all right so we are doing minute 125 today 125 is the reunion scene it starts off before the reunion and ends with the reunion
1: so you're saying reunion? Re, this is you're talking about a, the reunion with Sergeant Winslow.
0: Yes, it's okay. not really a reunion because they were never unioned before. But before I tell you anything about them, um, I want to hear your take in these five minutes. What do you think is going on in this minute?
1: So, the first time in these in my assigned minutes that I've seen Sergeant Winslow was just, I believe, the previous minute.
0: He was a little bit at the third. In a while, was he in 2023. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because that was that was the whole. I hope that's not one of the hostages thing.
1: Oh yes, yes. Um, so I would say, uh, just based on what I've seen here, that he is an extremely important. Like maybe he is uh, Brucey's mentor, or he has like some like really profound role. I feel like that's not actually the case. Um, <laughs> but it, these these minutes make him seem really important.
0: Well, does it make you feel better that uh, when we were introduced to this character, the K- Winslow character, that he was buying Twinkies by the armfuls?
1: <laughs> that makes me feel outstanding.
0: <laughs> well, good. Uh, if you want to hear more Twinkie talk, then uh, UHF 62nd coming your way. So the actual relationship is Carl Winslow, who is not Carl Winslow, but. Sergeant every- Winslow. Please. Yeah, every, everyone calls him that, uh, so I don't remember what his real character name is anymore. Uh, his, his real name, his real last name is Val Johnson. Like real
1: in the movie or real real?
0: Real real. Uh, let's see. So okay. his character name is Al, Al something. Winslow. There's so many names, Al <laughs> Winslow. <laughs> so they don't know each other. Uh, they first come in contact just through the radio. Because John has a radio in the building and he's trying to get some outside help. And he's having the heck of a time getting people to come help because it's Christmas Eve.
1: So he has a, a police radio in the building.
0: Uh, no, he steals a radio from one of the, the bad guys that he kills.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so th- I have questions about that, but backing up a little bit, <laughs> for a split second, when you said they first came in contact on the through the radio, I for just a, a second, I... Was kind of hoping that they had been dedicating songs to each other, uh, <laughs> like at night on a top forty station. You know, like they, they first came became aware of each other <laughs> through the radio.
0: Well, if but, you had only ever watched minute one twenty five, I would have to believe that you were right.
1: Based on how they embrace.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even halfway through this minute, the music kicks up and it's completely like lovers in a field, each standing at the end of the cornfield and then run towards each other.
1: Yeah, and there's a little bit of a red herring, too, because obviously they're moving towards each other in this minute, but when the when the shot first goes to Brucey's point of view, um, there's like a SWAT team member or something that's dead center <laughs> in the screen that you think that that's the focus, and then he becomes obscured by other people. But uh, And then the shot cuts completely to Sergeant Winslow. Um, so there's like this weird red herring of this guy Oh, are that's you- just in a black cap. You see what I'm saying? You're talking about the mustachioed guy? Uh, is he mustachioed? Uh-oh. Hold on. Uh, we
0: ha- we got to talk about that guy. Oh,
1: I guess he does have a mustache.
0: He he is in my notes, so we have to talk about him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you go to the six-second mark, you get a pretty good shot of him. Full body, right before that head comes in the way. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is... Again, like, who put that guy there? He does not look like your typical yeah. SWAT guy.
1: Yeah. So that is that an actual character in the film? I thought that was an extra.
0: No, I've never seen that guy before.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> but... but Hes my favorite character,
1: yeah, certainly in this minute he he uh he, somehow he found himself like right dead smack in the middle of that framed <laughs> shot, and but he looks like he wants to get out of there really bad, he looks <laughs> like he wants to be anywhere else. Uh, maybe
0: he really loves trees,
1: and all this paper
0: is just really bumming him out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because uh, one note that I had about this minute is there is a lot of paper. <laughs>
0: Uh, I think last minute I said that it would take 35 jack pine trees. I think I have to rescind that and bump that up at least to 135 jack pine trees.
1: Wow, that's that's a grove. How many trees in a grove, Jonathan? Uh,
0: 63.
1: So that's like two-ish groves, a little more than two groves of jack pines falling from the sky.
0: Yeah, and it's it's 63, which is a weird odd number. It may even be prime. I haven't really thought that through. But that's that's because they they count on you know a certain percentage of them dying so that you can get a nice round even fifty. Mm-hmm. So that would be sixty three minus fifty is thirteen. So that's a very specific percentage. Although that's not a percentage; that's an actual
1: number. Well, I can completely understand why thirteen would die off. That's an unlucky number.
0: Yeah, there you go. And I'm sure this tower doesn't have a level thirteen because they know better. I thought it was a plaza. Uh, we're gonna have to start recording over again. Just, oh, really? No, I'm just kidding
1: oh <laughs>
0: okay so we're back to mustachioed guy um i might have to take a screenshot of this because i think he really is my favorite character right now uh,
1: so you're saying john McLean had a, a radio that he was communicating with the police and or you know law enforcement personnel yep correct mm-hmm. okay so would it be safe to say that he's communicated with the law enforcement how many bad guys there are
0: yeah i think so He keeps killing them, so the number keeps changing.
1: Okay. Well, but he's presumably he's walked down at least 30 flights of stairs with the radio. He's probably been in communication. I don't know if he still has the radio. Oh, the radio's gone? Okay. Yeah, he
0: he got that kind of early on. Um, Actually, in our first week, I think he he just got the radio, and he just made it up to the roof and just made contact. So, yeah. So, I don't know when he lost the radio, but... uh, well the the problem was he stole the radio from the bad guys, so that meant the bad guys were mm-hmm. able to listen to him. So he was just really uh, he was really hoping that the police would just come and take care of it. But they kinda came and went and, and uh so going back to the relationship within this minute, so we got Carl Winslow. He was the one that actually came to the tower because they were really dragging their feet to get anybody out there. So he was the one that came out, and what he is is he's John McClain's guy on the outside because Nobody's believing anything. Everybody else thinks that John is the bad guy. And, you know, so he's that guy. He's the guy that has to have faith in the unseen guy in the building. And actually, when they first start communicating, because John is pretty smart, he gave him a false name. The problem with that is I didn't do my homework. So I'm not sure. Basically, I don't remember if he tells him his real name. Because in this minute, he also doesn't tell him his name. But I, I, I'm thinking now that there's some communication that the bad guy's do
1: like everything kind of blows up and everybody finds out who everybody is sort of thing. Everybody's seen everything. Um What I do love is at the end of this minute, he doesn't tell him his name, but what I do love uh is that he introduces his wife, uh, but the minute ends before he says his wife's name. So I still get to refer to her as a coach's wife from parenthood.
0: Yep. Yep. That was uh that was the third specific time when he's going to almost say his wife's name and then doesn't for whatever reason. In this case, it's just because the the time clock cut us off. But uh, I wonder if in the next minute we'll have to listen. I wonder if the next minute he says that his wife' name is Allie, and they'll be like, ah. Oh.
1: Or Holly, yeah, it's a toss up. It could go either way. But the, what I was driving at before, uh, just to go back a little bit um, with our the the guy that's kind of center stage, the red herring um, SWAT team member. <laughs> um, it's I would think it's safe to say that the the police and and the people you know. Who, on the ground um, in general or have declared it kind of a safe zone because nobody's really behind any barricades or anything like that. And if that's the case, there's all kinds of people, there's rescue workers, there's just people, people there's um, but the SWAT team people, if you look in the background all the way through this minute, there are a lot of like, Automatic weapons uh, that people are just <laughs> kind of carrying around.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess
1: I've never been at the direct aftermath of a hostage situation, but they're certainly not doing any crowd control at all. There's Everybody's just kind of commingling, and there are a lot of guns that are just out and about.
0: Not as many guns as there is paper, though.
1: <laughs> I'd say there's probably three sheets of paper for every one gun, at least.
0: At least. How many trees does it take to make one
1: of those guns? Well, Jonathan, I don't believe the guns are made of paper
0: well, but they got to get the metal from somewhere, which means they probably cut down some trees to get that to get to the metal
1: well, I'll ask you this in regards to the guns and the paper. There are some uniformed cops uh and usually I would believe in this era maybe that the handle of their guns would be wood. So how how many sheets of paper do you think if you mulch down a grip of, of a revolver, like a police issue revolver, how many sheets of paper do you think you can get out of one grip?
0: Hmm. Oh, so you're going the other way. Like we're taking the grip out and we're making the grip into the paper?
1: Yeah, because that's actually made of wood. I, I don't know. I'm not up on my metal to paper transfer ratios.
0: Right. So, I, I mean, I was thinking like how many papers would it take to make a the wood handle, but you're saying how many papers could we get out of the wood handle? exactly because for some reason i imagine that's not the same process so
1: you do lose a little product in the in the process i would imagine
0: yeah so let's say one would handle say three quarters of a ream i don't know how many papers that is
1: i'm gonna go like a fifth of a ream no no yeah i'm gonna go with what you said actually never <laughs> mind scratch that edit that out i look like a fool
0: <laughs> you, look, you look like a fool <laughs> for For disagreeing with me, and then, <laughs>
1: that's not exactly what I meant, but sure,
0: uh, as if my answer was no, my answer is true. this is getting recorded, so it has to be true.
1: yeah, it's going to go on the internet,, mm.
0: um, but there's no paper on the internet, which means the internet is the opposite of diehard. Is that true? I wonder if we see the internet in this you wouldn't know that we definitely see systems in networking, but I don't think we really see the the internet.
1: Oh, do they do they bandy around a lot of technical jargon?
0: Well, the this this building itself, the Tekemoki Plaza Tower. Uh <laughs> I should I really should I really Fascinated should fix that. Plaza Tower. Um there's a lot of technology in there. Like it's it's the 80s, but they're just like this is the coolest place. So they they have a lot of technology in there. And there's a lot of systems within the tower, but I don't know that they're really connected outside of the tower. Um, certainly not after the bad guys cut all of the outside lines, but, uh, why are we talking about this again? Gun holsters, gun, no gun, gun stocks into paper. That's why we got there. So I'm really stuck on this mustachioed man, but we got to move on. Um, at 10 seconds, there is a reporter who is not the main character reporter guy that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to listen cause he's kind of more in the background, but he like is jumping on top. Wait, okay. Not literally jumping on top, but you know reporters do He's right in the face of one of the hostages and he's like what was it like in there how did they treat you and did they frighten you at all um they blew the roof off of the building so i'm <laughs> pretty sure that they got frightened at least pretty classic reporter stuff or re- mm-hmm. classic movie reporter stuff
1: um so while that's all happening you know brucey and sergeant winslow are approaching each other and uh, there's at like about 17 seconds or something like that. He sees Bruce. He definitely sees Sergeant Winslow and he mouths like, does he say, wow, or whoa or what does he say there?
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't, I did not. I can't believe that's not in my notes because I was wondering the same thing. Is there, is there audio?
1: at 16 seconds. It's like, whoa, like a Keanu Reeves read.
0: Now, the funny thing about this meeting is that they haven't seen each other. They don't know what Never. each other looks like, right? They've only communicated like you and I are communicating um, right now, just, FM. just listening. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, what's the DJ's name that they've been talking to? <laughs> um, is
1: there
0: is there a DJ Squiggles? Is that like a real thing?
1: I'm sure there must be a DJ Squiggles.
0: DJ Squiggles. Let's look that up.
1: DJ Randy B.
0: DJ Randy B. Ooh, good thing he's on at night. <laughs> Oh uh, yep. There's a DJ Squiggles.
1: So they're calling in uh, songs to each other uh, on DJ Squiggles' show. Who starts? Who who calls? Uh, Brucie dedicates a song to Sergeant Winslow. <laughs> it, it's probably well, it's probably Van Halen, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, do they do they start it off playfully? You know, as the night wanes on, then then they get into uh, you Were the breath beneath my wings" or something. <laughs>
1: yeah i would think that as the night wears on you got to go slow jam you can't start with slow jam um but the so they that's crazy so you're you're telling me that brucey just in twos they into who each other are in this mad mob of people
0: yes because i mean even if his real name got blown out there at some point in the movie i'm pretty sure I could be wrong on that part, but I'm pretty sure on this part that they've never, like, described themselves to each other. Like, I am a black man, and I am a white man. Like, I, I don't know if they baby really... baby oil. Yeah, covered a baby oil. Well, he's got the coat on now, so I don't no, know if that I would so. So it is interesting. They just make eye contact, and somehow, know. And the funny thing is that they don't say anything. They just, like, nod at each other. In.
1: Yeah, there's uh, um, at about 19 seconds or so, there's that uh, push in on Sergeant Winslow and he kind of does that slow nod and it reminds me a lot of uh, there's a gif on uh, on the interwebs now that's making a lot of uh, popping up all the time of um, Robert Redford and Jeremiah Johnson that like push into uh, yeah, Redford, yeah, and yeah. He just gives that nod, you know. It's like the exact same um, Sergeant Winslow's <laughs> super uh, emulating that look <laughs> at about nineteen twenty seconds.
0: Now, I like this because just like Holly didn't have a clue what was going on up on the 30th floor, they don't really play her character as just going along with everything. Like, if you watch her face, uh, Brucey and Carlo Winslow. I think he's Mexican now. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Carlos Winslow. Carlos Winslow.
0: But they lack eyes and they just start like kind of gravitating toward each other and uh, gravitating toward each other. And Holly is just looking at John like, "What? What are you doing? Like, where are we going?" She doesn't even know about the relationship, like over the radio. So
1: she looks mildly perplexed, and she looks. Um, if you where is it? Um, it's like at about fifty seconds or maybe forty eight seconds. She she kind of looks disappointed when they embrace. <laughs> <laughs> She's a, definitely like pretty prominently in that shot kind of behind brucey and she kind of like looks down at the ground dejected like when they embraced
0: <laughs> oh my goodness i was just watching that and she did <laughs> well maybe she's like so we we're married we got separated i want him back we've gone through all of this and we got and back together now, and now he's, carlos ar- he's already moved all of it. a
1: sudden swoops in <laughs> carlos but he does uh brucey does immediately uh turn around and introduce her as his wife Which is kind of – that's kind of crazy. I wonder how that – see, I am – I will have to watch the film because I want to know how she reacts to being introduced as his wife if they're, like, separated-ish.
0: Oh, yeah. She even went to the point of, like, using her maiden name professionally. Mm -hmm. They've gone down a road, and now they're backtracking.
1: Well, hopefully she'll be understanding, and there'll be room in their relationship for Carlos.
0: (laughs) I just – I just imagine, like, their house is, like, the Family Matters house, and Carlos is the Urkel coming in all
1: the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: Well, do you have anything else for this minute? I don't. Now, you have not seen the movie. So we had a pretty good week. This is a pretty good climax, pretty good, you know, work up to, and now we're coming back down. Do you think the movie is done?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that credits are going to roll, like... He's going to introduce uh, uh, coach's wife from Parenthood uh, as his wife, uh, which coach may have a problem with. And then um, you know they're all going to start doing one of those weird uh, group laughs, and then it's going to credits are going to roll. Is what I would think.
0: Well, you're wrong. Oh. We still have, we still have. Uh, well, I can't call them terrorists because they're not terrorists, but we still have goons. We still have goons. We still have people getting punched in the face. We still have character (laughs) development. We Wow. All that stuff coming up. We're not talking about it, but somebody else is talking about it in minute 126. crazy. And then credits are happening after that.
1: Well, I'm going to have to tune in. All right.
0: And for anybody, if you started here, um, know that there still is some more of the movie. And you can go back and listen to the rest of it at diehardminute.com. You can tweet at them at DieHardMinute, Facebook at DieHard with a podcast listener's limo, Or you can go to moviesbyminutes.com and look for all the other podcasts covering movies by minutes, in which case UHF 62nd should be up there at some point.
1: And we should mention Steve Lasto's X-Minute.
0: It is X-Minute, covering the X-Men movies, not by the minute.
1: The digest format, if you will.
0: Thank you, Jim O'Kane. Thank you, Star Wars Minute, for starting all of this whole minute
1: craziness. I'm Jonathan Carlyle. For Steve Lasto, I'm David Johnson. Kaye and stay safe. Tell me you got that. I got it. I got it. Hit your heart on channel five.
0: How many papers does it take to make a Jim O'Kane?
1: What kind of what kind of tree would you uh, cut down to make a Jim O'Kane?
0: Well, definitely not a jack pine. I think that would be insulting.
1: I uh, I've had no interaction with uh, Jim O'Kane, so I'm gonna say. Frazier Fur and that's a shot in the dark.
0: Ooh. Uh I just Googled Texas Tree and Pecan was what came up.
1: Pecan tree.
0: So how many pecans does it take to make a Jim okan
1: We'll never know. Right into us. Right into Die Hard Minute at uh Street, Christmas Town, USA. And let us know how many pecan pies Jim okan can eat. Thanks, Jim O'Kane.